Welcome in, everybody. 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's time for the Broncos Blitz for Valentine's Day, Tuesday, February the 14th, 2017. I'm Jake Marsing. I cover the Denver Broncos. Also do some Denver Nuggets work over at 5280sportsnetwork.com. Joining me, as always, my cohort here on the Broncos Blitz, the one and only Ryan Green. I take out the trash. That's that's my job at 5280. I'm custodian. Is that like a uh, like a part time thing or? Hey, you know, I just I just do whatever's asked. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, uh, we had a great show today on the Broncos Blitz, a Valentine's Day edition. A little bit later on the program, I don't know how this happened. Uh, I'm still a little bit shocked that he said yes. But we are going to be joined by none other than Broncos Ring of Famer, uh, soon to be. Is he? Can I? Can I, I? He hasn't been inducted yet. But what are we waiting for? Pro Football Hall of Famer. Uh, Terrell Davis going to join us on the show in the last little bit, but you want to listen through the whole thing, yeah? Because I think we got some good stuff to talk about today. You're going to want to hear me nervously ask TD questions. Yeah, you're going to be terrified. <laughs> you're going to be so scared. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to have a good one today, though. All sorts of good stuff planned down the pike. But before we get to TD, before we get to any of the stuff that we got to hit on, I got to, of course, give a shout out to our friends here at Sportique. Uh, we're, we're located here at 160 South Broadway. That's where we do these podcasts. Thanks to the good people at Sportique Scooters. It's your go-to score, uh, store to live the scoot life. They offer tons of great scooter inventory in a beautiful showroom. You can get a genuine buddy 50cc international for less than $3,000 or a Vespa GT 300cc for less than 8000 Or if you need maintenance done on a scooter you already own, Team at Sportique will take good care of you. We do record our podcasts upstairs here at Sportique. Uh, the hospitality of these folks right. just continues to impress me. Uh, you come in. I see people all the time. They come in. They need maintenance done. They're just curious about scooters. You come in. You want a scooter, Ryan Green. This is the place to come. I come in and I all of a sudden just want a scooter. You know, I had never yeah, thought about right? it before. And then I'm here. I'm like, gosh, this, like this seems like a good idea. Seems like a good place to go get a scooter. So come on down. 160 South Broadway, Sportique Scooters. You can give them a call, 303-477-8614. That's 303-477-8614. Or just visit them online at SportiqueScooters.com. That's S-P-O-R-T-I-Q-U-E Scooters.com. Sportique is the best place in Colorado for scooter sales, service parts, and accessories. Be sure to tell them the Jake from 5280SN sent you it's sportique scooters where scooters come from and we are always thrilled to be here in the sportique uh sportique studio but especially on a day like today where holy cow ryan uh obviously the big sports story here locally is the nuggets big win over the warriors last night but and i was there at the very end i was sick most of the day yesterday but i was able to go in and watch the end of that game i'm going to do a write-up on the nuggets here later this evening should be up tomorrow i say that all the time but i swear that this should be up. Um, but that doesn't mean that the Broncos aren't doing stuff. It's kind of a downtime right now for right. us in media. Like, this is the time of year where you start trying to create content, mm-hmm. right? Because there's not a whole lot of content to be had. But that doesn't mean that there aren't things that we can talk about because the teams are certainly doing stuff right now. You sure you don't want to just make up stories? Well, we could. <laughs> we, but then we'd be like the, then the, we'd be like the White House. And I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be those guys. Um, no, we, we should no. have higher aspirations. Than the yeah, White House. yeah. Uh, but no, the the Broncos are are hard at work right now, working on a couple of things. They're working on draft prep. 
they're working on the the free agent uh, on free agency and, and figuring out what they're going to do uh, with their own free agents, right? And they've got a good group of free agents that they're going to have to try and and get deals done with. The two names that I want to talk about, there are several, but the two names that I want to talk about specifically are Kayvon Webster and Sylvester Williams. All right. Those are the two names that I think are the big, that I think are the, the most well-known names. Justin Forsett, also on this list. I don't expect him to be back with the Broncos. Okay. Um, Kayvon Sly. I want to, I want to know from you what you think about those guys, what you think the Broncos' best options would be to either retain or to let go of those guys. What are you, what are you feeling about Kayvon and, and Sly these days? Uh, I'll start with Kayvon. Uh, I think we can all be in agreement that he's probably the best special teamer on the team. Uh, in terms of just, I guess, you know, covering punts and all that. Cody Latimer is starting to make a claim yeah, he, for that he, thing, yeah, Cody Latimer as well. But, uh, I think, I mean, you, you look at, uh, the Super Bowl year, uh, especially in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, Kayvon Webster was repeatedly making great special teams plays. And, uh, he's not a coverage liability. I think in terms of where they have him now as a fourth, fifth type, uh, defensive back. That's that's not a bad deal. So I think if you're looking for, I mean, I think obviously other teams are going to find Kayvon attractive, especially coming from the no fly zone that the Broncos have. Um, so I can see that if if the money really starts talking to him, he could go. But I think the Broncos would be wise to uh, keep Kayvon. Uh, when it comes to Sly Williams, I don't know if he's a necessity to keep, but I think he's a necessity to keep this year. I don't think, I think the defensive line was a big issue last year, and I think they're going to look to fix it this year, but I don't know how confident they'll be going into the season without Sly Williams and a bunch of new guys up front. I think they might want to keep Sly Williams for maybe another year and then cut him to try and get that, that defensive line shored up. Uh, but that's kind of how it is. So in terms of importance, I would say sign Kayvon first. And then go Sly Williams, um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I don't know if uh, the Broncos' performance changes if either of uh, them are gone next year. Uh, but I still think they're relatively important. You want to just go down the list? Let's just let's yeah. go down the list here. Marlon Brown, gone. you remember him? He's probably gone. It, uh, he signed twice. Yeah, Kayvon Webster. I, I think Kayvon's gone. Okay. Um, because you've had the emergence of Cody Latimer as a special team. Right. And I think they want to draft a corner. I've said all, all year that I think they're going to draft a cornerback. What makes you think that? Their secondary is getting older. Akeem Tlaib's right. in his early 30s, starting to get to his mid-30s. That's a unit that's getting older and not a lot younger. Cool. Adding a drafted piece like a second, third-round guy, I think makes sense for me. And it's a decent corner class. It's not super great, but right. it's a decent corner class. Um, Dakota Watson... I would like to see them bring back Dakota Watson. Yeah. Uh, he's a good locker room guy, too. Yeah, they he's, like him he's a, lot. a good guy to talk to. Um, I think getting him into camp, at least, and kind of seeing where yeah. he fits yeah, makes he could a lot be of sense. A, he could be a training camp cut, but I think I think yeah. last preseason that he had really gave... I mean, it got him on the team, but I think... He played it, his... He played his you know what off in i think that, <laughs> yeah, this that second radio, or, don't want to cuss that second or third preseason game yeah exactly so i think they will want to keep him around for training camp but yeah. he is one of those names that i could see get cut uh billy win mm. billy wins a tough one i i mean maybe he played well at the end of the season maybe maybe bring him back he's you know it, it's whatever depending on how the broncos feel about him maybe sly goes yeah, um, I don't know. Billy Wynn's a tough one. I, I I would not expect him to be back, but it wouldn't shock me. Okay. Uh, Jordan Norwood. I do not expect no. Jordan to be back. I know they like him, but I don't expect him to be back. No, I think 
you have a lot of different ways to go. You can try and add a guy in the draft, or you can look at your roster and look at a guy like Khalif Raymond and say, hey, Khalif played well in his limited opportunities at points during the season. We want to give him an opportunity uh, to, to compete for that job in camp. Or, you know, if you draft a guy like Christian McCaffrey or, or yeah. any other kind of wide receiver, I don't know that they'll draft a receiver, but we'll see. I think Jordan Norwood's gone. I think Justin Forsett's going to retire. Okay. That's kind of the feeling I get right now. Uh, Thomas Gafford. Remember Thomas Gafford? No. Second half of the season long snapper. Oh. Beard. Wore of a, course. Or a camouflage hat in the locker room all the time. Because the first long snapper got hurt. Casey Kreider? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was Corey Kreider, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I know my long I know my long snappers. Put it on your business here. card, man. That's uh... uh Sly Williams, we talked about Vance Walker. I think the Broncos really want to keep him and they, I think they want to resign I think him, a yeah. lot of the issues this year came from his injury. So I, I really think the Broncos like Vance. They'll see how his return goes, but I expect him to be at least a starter, honestly. And the last guy who is officially a UFA, um there's some RFAs, Brandon McManus is an RFA. Um, but I'm looking at UFAs. The one big, big, big name that we didn't mention earlier is DeMarcus Ware. And what's going to happen with DeMarcus? Now, DeMarcus has been <sighs> using team facilities uh-huh. during this little interim here to rehab, to train. He's working. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to DeMarcus. I wish I did, but I don't. Um, right. I-, I think the most likely scenario is that he's gone and that he goes and plays somewhere else. Because he's gonna, Man. he's gonna demand a lot of money. Right. And I think the Broncos are gonna look at Von Miller and say, Von, cause that's really, if you're talking about intrinsic value into Marcus Ware, what did he do for you last season? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Performance wise. He didn't do a lot performance right. wise. But he added value to the team as a leader and as a locker room guy. Right. But I think now you've gotta look at Von Miller and you've gotta say to Von, Von, it's your time to step up. It's your time to step up as a leader. Be a guy who can contribute in the locker room and on the field. Be a team captain, Von Miller. Not only that, be the face of the franchise. Because really, that's what you are. You, When people think of the Broncos, they think Von Miller. Yeah. And so you got to take that role. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think Von is the same type of leader that, say, Peyton Manning is. Yeah. Uh, but he's got to step up in some form. And I, I saw it a little bit from him last year, especially in some of the... Uh, the interviews they had with him about how, uh, you know, at the end of the year when the locker room was divided, he's like, well, then I'm the partition. Like, they, they're going to have to go through me if there's a divided locker room. So I think he I think he has the desire. I think he knows that he has to be that. Now it's time to just do it. Von Miller, his whole career, has just kind of been that um, fun locker room guy. Yeah. Who's also a crazy good player. Right. I don't know that I've seen him take a leadership role really until last year. Mm-hmm. Like, in the locker room... He very much is when when Vaughn talks, people listen. Yeah. In that room. I, I don't know if I'd call him he's not Demarcus, he's not even a Keeb, but Vaughn doesn't speak up in that kind of leadership mentality much. Right. But when he does, you listen, partly because he's such a good player, and partly because he's a smart dude. Um, oh yeah. I think I think the Broncos are gonna look at Vaughn and say, Vaughn, we need you to be a leader without Demarcus Ware. Because mm-hmm. the one season that Vaughn didn't have kind of that mentor in the room was the year that Sean Phillips was here, the and the 2013 season, mm-hmm. where Vaughn tears his ACL, he comes off suspension, it's it's a mess of a year. So I think the Broncos are really curious to see how Vaughn does without that mentor in the room, without an Elvis Doomerville, without a DeMarcus Ware for really, really the first time in his career, and whether or not he can be, uh, whether or not he can be stable. 
Yeah. I think that's the good stable, I think is a good word to use. And, and consistent in this play too. Um, so that that's kind of where I think the Broncos stand on their current free agents. The one name from another team, a guy who got released, I think yesterday he got released. Yeah. Uh, Giants, New York football Giants wide receiver, Victor Cruz. Salsa man, Cruz. Cruz. Um, does he fit with the Broncos? I, I don't, I don't know. The Broncos need receiver help. And I didn't think they did. But you looked at that offense this season, and it just felt like there are two guys doing everything. Right. Um, and they're two pretty good players, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. But is Victor Cruz the best option? Is I don't know the answer to those questions. He has not played well since he's been back. The Giants clearly think he's probably never going to get 100% healthy and play at the same level he played at before his injury. Um, I'd be interested... But I'm not necessarily excited if I'm a Broncos fan about the prospect of Victor Cruz. In my eyes, if the Broncos are seriously going after Victor Cruz, he is going to be the offense's security blanket. Yeah, uh, I think especially either young quarterback, although I, I will admit I think Paxton Lynch is going to start and some of their moves are based on Paxton starting. Uh, I think a Victor Cruz signing would be kind of a, a sign of that. I think that they want to get as much offensive help for a young quarterback as possible and to have a slot guy as talented and I guess savvy as Cruz would help him a lot you know when the play breaks down have Victor Cruz just kind of there uh you know he's not he's not the same type of player as Wes Welker but he needs to fit that kind of role where he's not probably not going to be the first read for a lot of throws but he will be there if you just need to rip the ball in for five yards you make a good point you made it before we got on the show too about Look, and I think this is the the point, that the Broncos are going to try and load up on offense in a couple different ways. And I mentioned this last week. The way that John Elway fixes things is through free agency. Yeah. He builds long-term talent through the draft. Um, He doesn't fix problems through the draft, which I used to think was a, a downside to him as a general manager. But it's worked out for him. So would it shock me if he makes a move like that? No, I, I just, I have not heard that that's in the cards for the Broncos, and I don't know if it's a great fit. Right. Considering the injury history, considering his age, um, and considering whether or not, you know, the salary figure is going to be right for a guy who's probably going to be reduced to being your third or fourth. Right. Or yeah. I want to know what his, what his asking price is. Probably pretty decent money for a yeah. guy of his age with his injury. History. And I think his name would still probably attract teams like the Browns. The, oh my the God, Jets, Brown. you know. Um, yeah, he's playing somewhere. You know, he's, he's definitely playing somewhere. Uh, and I, it, it, depending on the team, if, if they're bad enough and their receivers are not good enough, he could be a starter, one or two. Yeah. Uh, but if, if he's on the Broncos, he knows he's a three. And so I'm just interested in, to, in seeing how they, uh, you know, talk to him about his position here, if they even talk to him. That was my phone that beeped. I'm sorry that it beeped. Oh, Ryan. it's cool. Uh, it's because I have it plugged in because we're going to call TD here. Ooh. Uh, we'll get to that here in, oh, shortly. Uh, but the other thing that the Broncos are working on right now, Ryan Green, is the NFL draft and NFL draft You're working on that too. Yeah, we just shot our first uh, draft video. Yeah. Here in the Sportique Studios. Uh, a little breakdown of Christian... McCaffrey that'll mm-hmm. be up uh probably end of the week I can guess oh yeah yeah probably oh, yeah. end of the week uh so yeah we'll get that up and then we'll do the video on YouTube and then it'll be in a, a write-up on the site too with all my notes and all that kind of fun stuff so we'll do a bunch of those hope to shoot a few of those next week three or four of them and then just kind of keep pumping them out between now and the draft to show you a little bit about where I think a lot of these guys stack up we talked about Christian McCaffrey today and 
the thing, and this is the time of year, Ryan, where you hear words like vision, uh, and I used them in the video. Intangibles. Vision, intangibles, uh, uh, what's a, uh, a guy who can do a lot? Versatility. Versatility. Uh, fluid hips. Uh, foot frequency. They talk about hips a lot in the combine. Foot frequency. That's one of my favorites. Um, you hear all these words, but they all do mean something. And, you know, people talk about whether or not the NFL draft process matters. And if you go back and you listen to earlier episodes of the Blitz, which you can find on, uh, on iTunes and on 5280sportsnetwork.com, some of those Gets Know a Bronco episodes, one question that I asked every Bronco I talked to, Jared Crick, Khalif Raymond, Jordan Taylor, uh, who else was on that series, Adam Gotsis, um, a bunch of Broncos, every guy that I talked to on that show, I asked them about what they thought of the draft process. And to a man, every one of them hated it, unless they were a top uh, a, a pick in the first two rounds. Okay. Unless they got picked in the first two rounds, they hated the process because it's a terrible, terribly difficult process to go through. You're under so much scrutiny. And I hear, and you're going to hear people say, you're going to hear people call the combine, the underwear Olympics, the, you know, they're going to try and. It is the underwear Olympics. Oh, they're going to try and beat up on it. Don't beat up on the combine, Ryan Green, because <laughs> it does matter. It does matter in how teams evaluate a player, not so much in what numbers they put up, but I said on the video, I expect Christian McCaffrey to run like a 4-4-5 in the 40. Right. Or somewhere around there. If he doesn't run a 4-4-5 in the 40, and he comes in like a 4-6-2 or 4-6-5, yeah, it's not that you're looking to see what the numbers are. It's you're looking to see, okay, based on the film, mm-hmm. this is what I expect this guy to run. This is what I expect him to lift. This is all this and this and this. And does the film match up with the measurables that right. you find at the combine? That's the key for the NFL draft. And that's the process the Broncos are going through right now. And the thing I wanted to talk to you about, Ryan, was whether or not you think the best option for the Broncos is to build through the draft. Going forward, like they added a quarterback in the draft last year. Yes. Who I think we both agree is going to probably be your starter this year. Right. Um, barring something kind of unforeseen, they're going to give him the reins this year and see what happens. I've always thought it's better to build a hundred percent through the draft to try. It's cheaper. You develop your talent quicker. It's homegrown. You find guys you like. You don't. You can kick mm-hmm. them out, move them to the curb and you add depth. Yeah. Through free agency, you fix small things. You add cheap free agents, guys like, mm-hmm. and, and you build. John Elway thinks the opposite. He thinks you build through the draft long term. You add depth in the draft, okay. developmental talent, and you fix problems in free agency. Which approach is better? Do you think? Honestly, I like uh, Elway's thinking at the moment, and I'll 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 tell you why. Uh, I think the combine, while necessary, and I think it does help. Um, I think it's, it's beginning to, I guess, cause problems. Because if you think of an NFL rookie and the year that they have to go through before their NFL season, they start with college ball all through the fall. Then there's no off season. You begin training for the combine and it's a different training. You know, during the season, it's strength. It's to build muscle, all that stuff. Combine training is a lot of speed, a lot of all that stuff. So they have to change their body type through the combine. Then they get drafted rookie OTAs, OTAs, training camp season. That's a year and a half of not having a break. So your body is really worn. And I think that's why, uh, you know, with the exception of of players like Ezekiel Elliott, uh, you don't really see a lot of rookies making a giant splash anymore. Uh, It it usually takes them about two, three years before you really start seeing them, you know, come along. So 
at the moment, I think that is why you probably do want to build depth in the draft and pit and fix the the spots that you know you you could think that uh, need fixing immediately. Uh, especially if you're John Elway and you're looking at the Broncos, you still say, "No, we can make a Super Bowl run if these little tiny tweaks are made." And I think that's what he sees. So, I, I mean, I, I'm not discrediting your way of of fixing a team i think i want to punch you in the face right now <laughs> i mean i think there's you know credit where, where that would work and i think if the right you know uh organization did it that way they can that it would work um but for this team and the way it's built uh, for instant success uh yeah and i think honestly that's the patriots model draft depth uh, use guys as much as you need to and then get rid of them because you drafted the depth that is now good. So uh, I, I, I kind of go that way in terms of building a team. But again, I, I can see both ways of doing it. I think both are fair. Here, here's my argument, though, when it comes to the draft is look at the history of the NFL. When teams have been successful, and, and the best way to look at it, I think, is through the quarterback position. When okay. teams have been successful, more often than not, they've done it with a like Super Bowl champion kind of successful. More often than not, the team that wins the Super Bowl is doing it with a player at quarterback that they've drafted and developed. And I think that carries through to most positions. Not all, but a lot of them. The Broncos had John Elway. They didn't draft him, but they developed him. They had him from day one, essentially. Right. Yeah. Terrell Davis, who we'll talk to here in just a minute. Uh, was a Bron- guy the Broncos drafted, you know, sixth round out of Savannah State, out of Savannah, Long Beach State. You know, it, it, it's it's a long path for guys to develop in the league. What didn't TD go to Georgia? Well, he was at Long Beach State. He's from Savannah. And then oh, okay, to, all right. From all right. he went to Long Beach State, then he went to Georgia. Got Georgia it. Okay. Um, you're looking at me like I was like, I, I know you know this. I know we're I thought Davis you were getting like uh, him and Sharp mixed up, or him and Rod Smith. Yeah, yes, Sharp. Sharp, you went to Savannah State. Yeah, didn't he? yeah. I was thinking Savannah. George is in Savannah, though, isn't it? I think so. Somewhere. I was close. Or Savannah's right. in Georgia. He was yeah. at Long Beach State, and then he went to Georgia. Yeah. Um, don't don't question me. <laughs> uh, John Elway. Where'd John Elway go to college? Stanford. Okay. Where'd he go to high school? In Seattle. <laughs> no. In the uh, in the upper northwest. Granada Hills, California. Oh, I thought he was a... He he grew up in... Nor- grew in up the, in Montana, actually. And I, I would thought know, he grew up in the upper northwest. Well, upper north. He had family in, in, in Seattle, Seattle Washington. and all that stuff, yeah. Where does he spend his summers? L.A. Uh, well, oh, where's this? Maybe he spends his falls in L.A. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Coeur d'Alene. Well, that makes at least one person that spends their time well, in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. It's like a resort community. It's a, it's a. There's thing. a resort in Idaho. Yeah, it's actually okay. pretty popular. There's a lake, and we've talked way too much about this already in the last five minutes. I think I've driven through. Okay, never mind. Yeah, we're. Yeah, we're in case you can't tell, we're trying to kill time for yeah. TD. Um, but no, I think the Broncos have have a lot of different options, and and building through the draft is always the way that I've tried to to push for, and the way that I think is the right way to build, just because of the history of it, um, the history of of what it takes to win a championship in the NFL, and and I want to ask TD about that as a guy who knows what it takes. What do you think the Bron? What he thinks the Broncos have to do to get to the next step? So we'll ask Terrell Davis about that here in just. A couple of minutes. In fact, Ryan, I think uh, I think we should probably do that right now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's call TD. Joining us right now on the hotline, none other than the Broncos Ring of Famer, soon to be Pro Football Hall of Famer, Terrell Davis. TD, I know you have been introduced that way 
uh, probably thousands of times by now, but is it, is it getting old yet? Have you gotten over that quite yet? Uh, absolutely not. And I mean, from what I was told, I'm a Hall of Famer right now. So it just, is that uh, it? You're a Hall of Famer right now? Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a Hall of Famer right now, man. The, the enshrinement hasn't happened. But when I, uh, when they introduced me at the, uh, the NFL Honors, I said, man, is there anything that I can do at this point that will get this thing taken away from me? And it was like, nope, <laughs> it is done. It's done deal. So, so to me, when they said that, I said, it's official. They, they, they still officially crowned me. A Hall of Famer, so um, man, it feels nice, man. It does. It feels great. And uh, yes, the introductions. Um, no, they don't get old, um, and I don't think they ever will get old. So I'm enjoying it, having a great time, looking forward to the process and the uh, the road to enshrinement. Uh, it's been crazy and busy so far, but uh, the family's loving it, and I'm loving it. TD, I would imagine that because you had to wait so long, and I'm kind of a guy who likes to study the Hall of Fame, and studying your case was so interesting because when you first became eligible, I don't think there was a lot of momentum for you. And then as time went on, your case continued to be talked about, and you continued to be talked about, and you grew more and more and more momentum. So I have to imagine that waiting so long, waiting a, a decade, basically, was it 10 or 11 years that you had to wait just made it that much more sweet when you get that knock on your door from David Baker. Yeah, it seems like I can't do anything uh make it easy, man. It's uh it was complicated and I felt the same way you felt over probably the last probably the last five to six years that I started to see a shift in sort of the uh the support for me being at this point. So um yeah, I, I think the the longer that I wait, I, I guess the, I would say this. Let me go back. So I would say the first year I was eligible, and then I made the semifinalist list. You know, I was like, okay, that's cool. I was happy and excited about that. And then, you know, I found myself on that list again the second year. And of course, you're excited about it. But um, about the fourth or fifth year, you start to realize that, man, you know, I keep making it to the semifinalist, but I don't get any further than that. And so you start to get a little discouraged. Like, okay, this is probably where I'm going to be for for a while. Um, and so I just kind of really lost a little, little hope or faith that it would ever happen. Uh, especially like you just said, there was, there wasn't a whole lot of momentum or talk about it. It was just kind of a, you know, they'll talk about the other players and then they might put me at the bottom, uh, sort of like a footnote somewhere. But, um, I just felt like, Hey, you know, the last three years I started to see a shift and, uh, especially when I made the finals, you know, that, that's when I got a little, a little bit more recharged and, I was like, wow, man, like, okay, we're not just stuck on uh, uh, semi-finalists. So we, we finally made it to the finalists, and um, I just started to see more people talk about it. I saw more people uh, voice their opinions about me going in, and so I felt a little bit more encouraged that it would happen. I just didn't know when it would happen, and so I became patient and, you know, still excited every time uh, they would announce the finalists, and, uh, you know, my attitude was great ever since then, and, and this year was unique because I thought that um, you know, I thought everything was sort of pointing for me to get in, but, um, just like you, I studied it the last couple of years, but then LT was in the class. So every time oh, I would right. come to the conclusion that, Hey, you know what? It looks good this year, but LT is in the same class. And I just don't think they'll put two running backs, especially two guys, you know, one guy being a first ballot and me being sort of like a, a special circumstance guy. So, um, you know, obviously I was a little shocked when it happened, but, uh, but please. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, TD, I, I know this is your first year being an inductee, but I assume it's not your first time you've been around the Hall of Fame during the Hall of Fame week, um, you know, with NFL Network or possibly just hanging out. Uh, what have you seen uh, from other players getting inducted during that week and what festivities are you just happy to be a part of and you're looking forward to uh, being a part of that week that uh, I, I mean, I know I'm sure you're. Uh, getting your speech ready and all that stuff. But what are some, uh, you know, just festivities that you're happy that you're a part of finally? Um, I, I mean, let's, let me go back. So, I, um, I guess last, I've been there twice. I've been there when John went in, um, whatever year that was. Oh, four, I think. Yeah. Oh, four. Oh, four. Yeah. Yeah. So I was there and I was working for the network at the time, you know, network. And I didn't go inside the hall. Uh, I just stayed outside and I saw everything from the outside. And I didn't go in. And then I also went back when Shannon went in. And this time, I was like, you know what? If I'm going back, I want to see everything. So I went inside the exhibit and saw, you know, I went inside the room where all the buffs were in and, uh, you know, got a chance to, to take all that in. And so, um, you know, that was, that was pretty cool seeing that. Um, now as far as me going in this time, I think I'm just excited about, um, you know, obviously the, the jacket ceremony, uh, which is on Friday, I believe. And then they have the actual, um, you know, ceremony, which is on Saturday. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. I was looking forward to the parties, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to having friends, family, and, uh, a lot of people who mean the world to me around me, my teammates. And so I think it's just going to be a, a fantastic weekend. Uh, like I said, it's been great leading up to that point. It's going to be great leading up to that point because uh, all the things that I, that I get to do, you know, going back to my high school, going back to Georgia. It's like I'll be going back to Long Beach State where I started. Um, so obviously going back to Denver, uh, doing the game. So man, it's just so much, so much to do. And one guy that kind of helped me, actually two guys who's helped me along the whole time was, uh, was Andre Reed and Tim Brown. You know, I stayed in contact with them a long time. And I remember Tim coming up to me when he went in and he says, man, he's like, listen, dude, he's like, uh, just be patient, my brother, be patient. <laughs> And, uh, I was like, okay, I'll be patient. So, you know, we'll talk every once in a while, I'll text and he'll, uh, you know, when I might have made it the last couple of years, he'll text, Hey man, keep your head up. And it's going to happen. You just got to be patient. Trust me. And, you know, so, um, it's been good to hear that from him and, uh, I actually saw him again after it happened. Cause we have the, uh, where they have sort of the, you go through the orientation and he spoke at that and we had a chance to talk again. So the guys, man, this is a lot of great guys that are in the hall as well. And so I, I look forward to uh, the bridging those relationships, man, and being part of that club. Right. So now that you're in, uh, who's a player that you're rooting for to get in? Maybe someone that was in your position that was just waiting and waiting and you think should get in. There's so many players, so many of them. But I'd say the, the one that, I, that I, I'm probably pulling for next, and I really hope he gets in. I'd see that one, man. You know, I've played with him, and, Obviously, I just think he should have been in a long time ago, and we got to get some momentum behind him because he didn't make the finals this year. Um, and I think he's made the finals maybe, uh, maybe twice. So it's, it seems like, man, if you're not out there, if you're not in the public eye and you don't make a fuss about it, man, it's, it's, it's tough because it becomes a game of popularity after a while. You know, if you just disappear and you're sort of a, a guy that's kind of on, on the fringe, You've got to make yourself visible. And so Steve hasn't been visible, but I, I certainly hope that they look at his career and say that it's worthy of being a Hall of Famer. TD, you know, we've talked a lot about the Hall of Fame, and I think everybody in their career who gets inducted 
you can ask him what what's the moment for you that you think kind of personifies your Hall of Fame career. I think for you, everybody looks back on Super Bowl 32, the migraine, playing through that, getting the MVP. When you look back on your career, what's the moment that you say, you know what, that's probably the moment I became a Hall of Famer right there? I don't, you know, it's tough for me because, again, I have a short career, and I needed every single moment that, I, that I've had in order to get to this point. You know, it wasn't like it was a 15-year career where it was just that, that pinnacle um, you know, where, where it's like, uh, you know, you look back and say, that was it. I don't know, man. I, I mean, maybe the Super Bowls, I guess you can see both the Super Bowls were something that, that I, I would imagine that kind of, you know, put it over the top. And obviously the playoff numbers are, are pretty good. Um, you know, playing with all the, the, the migraine headaches, like you mentioned. And, um, you know, playing, I played with a lot of injuries, torn, probably in my ribs. And, um, you know, again, playing for those migraines were tough. So, I don't know, man. I, I just, I just hope that, you know, when I, I guess what I'm proud of is that I felt like when I played that I left everything out there. And I think my teammates, you know, I, I, I hope that they felt like when I, when I was out there that I had their back, yeah. you know, and so, um, you know, the, 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 the best thing a, a teammate can do is be accountable and be there for the guys when they need them. And so I just, that was my goal, man. Just be there for them. Like when they needed me, they need to show up. And I, I felt like I did that. So I'm, I'm proud of that. TD, last one, and then we'll let you go. Uh, we've talked a lot on this show, and it's kind of the talk of, of, of Denver sports right now, is the Denver Broncos, this Broncos team, I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you as a guy who has won championships, a guy who's seen what that takes. What do you think of this Broncos team as it sits right now? What do they have to do to get to the to that championship level again? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, the obvious thing is they've got to get a better offense. Um, you know, I think the the formula they used in 2015 was a unique one. They, uh, you know, the offense was decent, and it, it showed up in certain games. And you, but you had Peyton, um, you know, who still was there, kind of with that leadership. You just offensively, man, for whatever reason, it just didn't click. Uh, offensive line didn't gel last year. Uh, didn't run the ball particularly well last year. Quarterback play was was not up to par last year. So uh, those things have to be focused on. And if they don't get better offensive production. Then I, I'm not sure how you expect to uh, to be in that big game. So those are things that Vance is going to have to deal with. Uh, I don't think they're they're major overhaul fixes, but uh, improving those areas defensively, I think they're going to be uh, like they were last year, pretty, still pretty good. So no no issues there. They they have core pieces that are in place, but and, and it's tough to repeat. It's tough yeah. to be be a champion. And, uh, have to defend that. So, uh, um, they, they got a taste of that last year. Do you think CJ Anderson is one of those core pieces for them? He was, man. See, when he went, when he went down, obviously Booker tried to come in and fill it, but, uh, you know, CJ is CJ for a reason. And they, you know, paid him a nice contract to bring him back because they felt like, you know, his, his skill sets, his, his leadership, his, the tough running ability to guide them. He's a closer. And, uh, over the last, couple of years man late in the season he, he's been there he showed up big so that certainly helped hurt them last year yeah. uh, get him back healthy would, would certainly help that all right td hey we cannot thank you enough for your time and congratulations once again pro football hall of famer terrell davis thanks so much for hopping on yeah, with us thanks, for a little TD. bit of your time man appreciate it hey, no problem thanks guys there he goes he corrected me ryan if you notice he is not soon to be 
Pro Football Hall yeah, of Famer. Yeah, man. Come he on. Is, he is Pro Football Hall of Famer Terrell Davis. Joining us on the uh, To Be Determined hotline. We're looking for a sponsor for the hotline, by the way. If you were interested in having those groundbreaking interviews like that sponsored by your business, hit me up on Twitter at Jake D. Marsing. Or uh, send me an email, jake at 5280sportsnetwork.com or jakemarsing at gmail.com. A good sponsor for the hotline would be Hot Tubs. Is there a hot tub company you know about? A hot tub? No. But if anyone's out there... I like there, your thinking. I like... Uh, maybe I we'll like... do the segment from the hot tub. Oh, well, <laughs> we had a lot of electrical equipment. I don't know how well that would work. Hey. just use Maybe just use the recorder. The, the, the time you feel most alive is when you're real close to death. Ryan Green, ladies and gentlemen, uh, providing his tidbits of wisdom on the Broncos Blitz each and every week. Hey, we're going to go ahead and get out of here again. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Terrell Davis. Uh, to say that that guy has been generous with his time since he got elected to the Hall would be quite the understatement. He has Seriously. done upwards of probably 300 of those, um, and, and we were lucky enough that he squeezed, maybe not 300, probably Probably about probably about a hundred. I'm glad he could squeeze us in between Costas and Al Michaels. That yeah. was really nice of yeah, him. Yeah, we're it's it's Costas. <laughs> we're slightly above Al these days, and then it's Al. We're we're right in the middle. We're between the two. Fifty two eighty. We're coming. Fifty two eighty Sports Network. We are taking over the sports world. Speaking of that, I keep telling you that it's coming. It, it it is officially coming now, though. An announcement about another podcast project coming down the pike that I am Woo! very excited about. Uh, that we'll talk to you about once we have a logo. Can and I be a part of it, or you just like we can have you in? I, I can be a guest. I can read the signs. I get you. All right, we'll stick to one podcast. With we'll me. do one with you and me, uh, <laughs> but it's a good one. I promise you that. Hey, next week, uh, don't quite know if we're going to have a guest or not, but we will be here potentially. Derek Kessinger, our new columnist, talk a little yeah. Broncos, maybe dive into the Vance Joseph stuff a little bit. I don't quite know how big i want to dip my toe into that but we'll see save it for the buffs podcast oh yeah you guys no bull just buffs by the way no matt bull, matt buffs. smith uh matt smith you can listen to him uh covering right now cu basketball listen uh as well nate lundy and sean drotar every morning mile high sports am 1340 fm 104.7 uh nate lundy and sean drotar there as well as the sb nation radio show nate and the noise uh what else jake's jake Plummer's podcast snakes takes uh, also, Justin Michaels' work. Justin's going to be profiling, kind of like we did earlier in the show. He's going to be looking at some of these Broncos free agents and doing little write-ups on each of them coming down the pike. We also have some other uh, stuff that we're working on. So 5280 Sports Network taking over the sports world, Ryan Green. Get out of our way. I'm going to bowl you over, man. <laughs> hey, for everybody at uh, Sportique Scooters, for everybody at 5280S, and he's Ryan Green. He's Jake Marsing. This is 5280 Sports Network. TD!